This podcast is brought to you by Upgrade Fitness, Guernsey's new state-of-the-art gym, purpose-built for gym goers by gym lovers. Head to upgrade.fitness to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport, brought to you in association with Upgrade Fitness. Coming up on this week's show, we'll hear from a woman who's been leading the way for para-athletes in the island. We are behind the UK in a lot with a lot of it with how far we are with para sport but then we don't have the footfall of it here like and every para athlete is so different so there's not going to be like 10 of me rocking up so it's like oh perfect we know their needs let's just do it it'll be somebody's got this impairment that disability that need that's what makes it tricky and makes it difficult but we can with a little bit of work you can get around it and i think it's important that um we do make that effort a full interview with Sophie Veron on the way. She's been busy, involved in triathlon this summer and recently on the road in the Butterfield Half Marathon. A really interesting chat with her and Caroline Barbie from the States about what they're doing to support para-athletes in the island. Plus, we'll look back at the latest action from around the islands, including the Herm Open Darts, the Jersey Rally and Under-19 Netball. I'm Tony Kerr and with me to do all of that is my colleague here at the Guernsey Press, Jamie Ingle. Hi, Tony. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm okay, thanks. Thank you. Very good, very good. A very wet run for you at lunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not been uh, not been nice out there today, but we're in the uh, in the warmth of the studio, which is good. And let's start with what is on today's back page. I think um, the Jersey Rally because it was uh, a fantastic outing for the Guernsey crews over in Jersey at the weekend. Obviously, you know the the Jersey Rally is um, it's a really big event, isn't it? The Jersey Rally, uh, and yeah, we had three top ten finishes with uh, yeah Del Crozy and Will Rutherford leading the way. Yeah, well, it's a challenging event and I'm sure other competitors would agree that it's a bit of an achievement even to get through the rally. Yeah, even our top rally drivers have failed that on some occasions. So yeah, to have Dale and, and Will Rodford and fifth, we also had another two crews in the top 10. That's a fantastic showing. And not only that, we showed real numbers as well, having 16 different crews, which is a record for Guernsey. Yeah, it shows that Channel Islands rally racing is definitely in a good place and there's def- a demand in Guernsey for it. Uh, it comes alongside the unfortunate news that Guernsey may not have a rally or may have a drastically reduced rally in 2024. And that's something we'll have to keep tuned on, I guess. But it's nice to see there's such an appetite at the moment for the sport. Yeah, great stuff from Dale and Will um, leading the way for, for the Guernsey teams. Uh, yeah, as you say, Jamie, I think the rallying community quite sort of uh, keen to to make the point about how successful the Jersey rally is and, and, you know, what it brings to that Island. And, and obviously, um, yeah, a kind of, yeah, a bit of a, a contrast with um, what's going on over here and uh, yeah, shame after the success of the, the rally in recent years in Guernsey that it, it's not uh, not going to be on in its um, previous guys this year at least or that's what it seems like. Um, just back on the on the roads in Jersey, any uh, anyone else you want to pick out? Yeah, I think you have to credit the other two Guernsey crews that made the top 10. So that would be uh, Paul Trevor and Jason Carre, as well as Craig Roberts and Chris Gill, the latter of whom also won their class. So yeah, um, 
fantastic showing from them. About their numbers and their sports tourism aspects, I guess you have to consider the supporters that came over. Apparently, with all their competitors, their support crews, other people who have came to help out the event, we had triple figures of Guernsey people over. And yeah, it shows... I mean, I'm sure the hotels, etc., would appreciate that at this time of year. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah substantial support from uh, Guernsey's rallying community for Jersey. And as you said at the start, I mean, it is it's an incredibly difficult event just to finish. So um, yeah, well done to all the uh, Guernsey teams that made it round. Uh, really good stuff. Um, right from Jersey to Herm, Jamie, um, the highlight of the local darts calendar, uh, the Herm Open, which took place at the weekend. And uh, yeah, I say from Jersey to Herm, it was um, the competitors from Jersey who stole the show, wasn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. So we had uh, Jenna Avril, who's a great of a Jersey dart scene, is just coming back to her game. Uh, she won both of her main prizes in the women's competition. And then uh, Jersey's Craig Cumard split the honours with England's Jim Daly in the men's competition. So unfortunately, Guernsey were a little bit shot out. Although... Um, yeah, I do have to cre- credit Sean Orley, who not only made the final, yeah, he beat his brother Jason, who's made a real case to be considered Guernsey's top player. Uh, the jury stood out on that, but yeah, for him to get that win, it's obviously encouraging and... Yeah, it's just nice to see him not always being in the shadow of his brother. Um, from from a woman's point of view, uh, well done to Debbie Hammond, who managed to make both of the women's finals, uh, losing some quite well-contested games against Jenna. Well, it's a great event. Well done to them. And uh, yeah, a bit of a revenge mission then, I guess, for the Guernsey players <laughs> next year after that Jersey success. Um, right, let's just uh, finish our roundup for the weekend with a look at some Guernsey um, glory, though, on Sunday, because I know you're down at Beaux-Ajour, um, where the under-19 Panthers were playing their first home league game of the season. And it um, it was a bit of a titanic clash. Yeah, um, tricky start for the season. They've had two games postponed. Then they got thrown in the deep end against it possibly the toughest side in the league. For them to play at home, take on a good team who they're relatively well matched against and get a tight win. It's 43-41, which is obviously really encouraging for them. But uh, yeah, um, the the score Orland doesn't even tell their full story. There was one point where Panthers had conceded 10 goals in a row and had also had probably their main shooting option injured at the end of that run. So they showed real spirit to actually come back from that and pinch the win at the death of the game. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Uh, really pleased to see them uh, getting off the mark um, in their first ever league outing. First time that we've had an under-19 um, team playing um, in an English league. So um, yeah, really uh, promising performance from them. And on to the next one. Um, right, thanks, Jamie. That's it for our weekend roundup. Coming up next, we'll hear from Sophie Verrill and Caroline Barbie. Welcome back. Our thanks once again to Upgrade Fitness for their support of the show. Um, right, let's talk Parasport, Jamie, because, um, yeah, as far as the local scene is concerned, uh, one woman really has been um, leading the way uh, this summer uh, and before that, really. But, um, yeah, certainly this summer, Sophie Veron uh, has been competing in triathlon and recently in the Butterfield Half Marathon, um, the sole entrant um, in a wheelchair. And she, uh, yeah, battled around the course. It was uh, uh, pretty tough at times, as you hear her say, but she uh, got to the finish and um, a fantastic achievement that was with uh, with a quite a troubled build-up sh- that she'd had. So yeah, she has really um, shone a light on what's possible uh, in Guernsey. Um, yeah, Jamie, what do you make of, of what she's achieved this summer? 
Oh, I think she's an inspiration and hopefully people of all backgrounds can agree. Um, she's obviously faced plenty of adversity in her life, but she just seems to tackle everything with a really positive spirit. Uh, and it's just something which is really nice to see. She's always supportive of, of athletes and she tackles any challenges with a smile on her face. Yeah, definitely attest to that. Um, well, it was great to catch up with her. She was joined by Caroline Barbie, who's the Activate Inclusion Officer for Sport and Recreation. Um, someone who's working really hard to get more um, people into sport from different backgrounds and people who face barriers um, to uh, taking part. So uh, yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. And I began by asking Sophie just to tell us a little bit about her background in sport. Pre Sophie, pre any health conditions? The funny thing, I love sport at school, but I didn't really ever really do. I did cross country and a bit of netball uh, and then had my scoliosis, which kind of like put and I had I was off for two years of school after the surgery. Um, so that was kind of like sport kind of out for a while. And then I had all my stuff with my brain surgeries when I was like 18, 19. And until I had my shunt put in, I was like not really in sport had my shunt put in I was like oh actually hang on now I can actually do a bit more and then I was like what can I do and then I saw a trike on tv and I was like I could ride that because I can't ride a normal bike I'll try a trike and then I got a trike and how long ago was that that was oh my goodness that's like 10 years ago I got my first trike and then like Sophie style I didn't just pick a small challenge I decided to ride it from London to Paris <laughs> just my first thing but I did it that was really good uh, really fun and no one had ever done that on a trike and the people in the office hadn't told the ground crew that I was doing it on a trike so I rock up and I said where's my trike and they were like you what and I was like my trike you shipped it here and they were like oh you're doing it on a trike I was like yeah and they were like good job we brought the big van then <laughs> <laughs> and how long did that take four days right okay yeah. fantastic but fast forward on to a few years mm -hmm. later, um, you've obviously, as we said, you've, you're taking on a lot of different sports, trying trying a few yep. different things. Um, what has, what sort of sparked that? So I did, I think it was, it was just before, it was the year before I turned 30 and I decided to do 30 different things that I'd never done before. Not all sport, but, and then that's how I got into trying some sports that I hadn't really thought about before. I was like, there must be a way I can do these things. So like swimming, for example, because I don't float, but now I can swim because I swim with a swim snorkel and these special, they just look like wetsuit shorts, but they're like floaty shorts. Um, so that started swimming out and then climbing. I really got into climbing and then that evolved into like climbing challenges out on the cliffs and all sorts. You've been pretty busy, I think it's fair to say, on the sporting front uh, this yeah. summer. Just tell us what you've been up to. Oh, yeah. So uh, what have we done? First of all, we had the um, triathlon, which is good fun, uh, which was great. That was my first like outdoor open water triathlon. And then I did the half marathon in the racing wheelchair. That was the f everything happened all like one weekend after the other. Um, it was all like <laughs> everything close together. So yeah, it was a half marathon in the racing wheelchair, which was like it was epic, an epic challenge. I have done quite a lot of events, in the, well, two events in the past with it the one that didn't fit. And then I had to borrow somebody else's for the half marathon that I hadn't used up until the actual day of the half marathon. So it was a bit of a last, but you got to start somewhere. And I was just, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. You made it work. Yeah. And Caroline, you were running alongside Sophie uh, on the day and I've, I've been sort of supporting her and, and working with her 
during the summer. Just just tell us um, kind of where you come into the picture and, and how you became involved. I talked to it the other way around. We'll, get a bit, so we'll come a bit closer. <laughs> you keep talking a bit more. I think Perfect. it's uh, more the other way around. I reached out to Sophie. So when I came into post um, trying to work with uh, in sort of inclusion in sport and physical activity, and I was given Sophie's name as someone who might be able to point me in the right direction for certain things, particularly around parasport. And then Sophie and I started coming up with some big ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think she's fantastic because she's really trying to raise the profile of parasport and Guernsey and raise the issues that people have around um, access to sport and to physical activity. Um, so I, yeah, I'm happy to support her where I can physically, <laughs> but I think she is, she's just a, an amazing role model um, for those out there that maybe don't have quite as much um, enthusiasm and confidence to push their way into certain sports. Yeah, is that a big part of the, sort of the way you see what you're doing now as, is kind of shining a light on what, what can be done? Oh yeah, totally. So my main goal for doing all of it is to help others get into sport because there is that mass, like when I started out, it was a whole big thing. Like nobody had ever, nobody kind of knows you go up. Sometimes you would go approach a sport and be like, I'd like to get involved, but I need some adaptations or some special equipment. And everyone goes, they want to help, but it's kind of like a, Ooh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Like, do we need a risk assessment here? Do we need different insurance? Do I need a different coach? All these different things. Um, and a lot of the time you can get around it, but it's a little, you have to put a little bit of work in just to get it started. So if I get start, get it started, get the ball rolling for people, then that's one less risk assessment for someone to do. Because <laughs> that's the thing is that, I mean, you know, we're very used now to, to seeing kind of um, professional sports or, or like top uh, level events um, that the para um sporting side of it is is played out a lot either alongside if you look at the olympics or the commonwealth or yeah. the the commonwealth in particular you know that the, the events are kind of interspersed aren't they um but but certainly locally that isn't really the case you know that it's there is a, it's a sort of glaring omission if you like in local sport at the moment yeah it is it's like and also because we are behind the uk in a lot with a lot of it with how far we are with para sport but then we don't have the footfall of it here like and every para athlete is so different so there's not going to be like 10 of me rocking up so it's like oh perfect we know their needs let's just do it it'll be yeah. somebody's got this impairment that disability that need that's what makes it tricky and makes it difficult but we can with a little bit of work you can get around it and i think it's important that um we do make that effort yeah, absolutely. And, and Caroline, that's something you're involved in, uh, in your day job. Um, yeah, just take us sort of behind the scenes in terms of what you're doing at the moment in, in, in broadening that access for people to, to sport. Yeah, I think it's recognising that it's a big job or it can seem like a scary job to try to improve access to your sport. I mean, most of the sports over here you know, run by volunteers um, and they've already got a lot on their plate and they've already got full-time day jobs too. So it's appreciating that that is not easy. And so trying to provide the support. Um, so if sports wants to become more accessible um, and they want to have some advice as to how to do that or what small steps, you know, not expensive steps, small steps that they can take um, to do that, then then happy to, we're happy to, to help. Um, and then... 
things like, I mean, the boring things like risk assessments, you know, it's looking at what's been done elsewhere. Obviously, as Sophie said, the UK is quite far ahead of us. So we can learn from that. (laughs) We can take what they've done. We can speak to people over there um, and really try to not copy because we've got a very different setup over here. And as Sophie said, we don't have the numbers. But to get any of those elite level athletes, if that's what we're really wanting, then we need to also be creating opportunities at the lower levels. And actually, most importantly, the level of inactivity in people living with disabilities is so high. And obviously the health association risks with that. (laughs) So if we can improve that situation and then obviously also potentially increase the, the opportunities for people to become elite athletes or at least competing athletes and that would be fantastic yeah it's kind of there's there's a way to go at all levels i mean for you sophie i mean how much putting sort of competitive elements aside or you know whatever just just being able to partake in the sporting activities but you know to take part in the half marathon uh, how much do you get out of it in terms of your own kind of well-being and and everything i think it's huge huge with that well-being like just being part of an event and feeling like you're you're there as other people there everyone's you're doing it together it's like with the half there was so much great support and I felt even though I was doing it in a wheelchair I felt part of it um everyone was super supportive and I think it's just it's just good to get out and do stuff rather than like like Caroline said so many people just go stay home and don't do anything like think they can't do anything when really like they can even if and it doesn't have to be competitive level it literally can just be like really like grassroots chilled out level of sport yeah and, and sophie in terms of the sort of general sporting picture um in guernsey obviously we had the island games this summer which was you know uh, by all accounts a tremendous success i know you spoke uh, during the week um but it yeah obviously there's the, again a glaring uh kind of lack of, of of para sports there and you know there are logistical challenges but i mean for you as a as a para athlete what was it like being part of that knowing that there wasn't that side of things it was really tricky one because it was it was fab like the everyone's Guernsey just like turned out for it didn't they like everyone won everyone was at every event there was so much support but yeah it was sad that there wasn't anything we could compete in and I was thinking gosh all these other places must have loads of para athletes feeling in a similar way but the problem is 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 it, it's setting it all up was the trickiest thing so it would be amazing to see para sport in the island games it's just the logistics, I think, and and, cha- and also changing the mindset as well, because it's been just able-bodied sport since the get-go. So it's trying to like sidle, find a little way in with para sport. Like, can we add in, please? <laughs> I, I mean, from your experience, are there particular sports that would that do you think would be suited to being included in the Island Games? Yeah, well, I think cycling would be a good one because um, cycling seems to be coming. We're doing seems to be doing quite a lot of para work around cycling. And we can go out on the roads like everyone else. So, yeah, maybe start with something like cycling or swimming is another one. Because all our pools are made to be accessible anyway, or the ones they use anyway. So, I mean, there's quite a lot of things. It wouldn't be that difficult to add in a bit of parasport. It's just a bit of thinking and a bit of logistics more competitors coming over but it could be great yeah and i I, do you think it's a case of of just finding yeah the one or two things as a starting point and then you kind of go from there i think so because i think if you did it with everything it might be a bit of a nightmare or you might end up with just very few entrants for some sports but yeah i think start with a couple and see how it goes but that'd be great and how much progress do you feel like you're making caroline 
<laughs> one step at a time <laughs> and then you know organizations like try or try have been inclusive from yeah. the get-go as much as they can they've really adapted things yeah. and um and it's it's like everything isn't it it's the first steps are really the slow ones and then when people start to see what's happening or people start to come out of the woodwork and say i want to try that i want to try that then suddenly you're getting momentum and you've got more people involved um and more participants which is the key thing um and the first paperwork the first assessments those are the ones that take the most time yeah. um, and once we get going with those and people become less fearful of what might yeah. happen because we've shown in in a few different events that it could not happen <laughs> yeah. um then then hopefully um yeah it will just go from strength to strength yeah and i know there's already plans to build out that side of things for the half marathon next year is the hope to to yeah to, to bring people over and, and and sort of yeah increase the size of the field uh, of uh, wheelchair races kind of yeah competing alongside Sophie? It would be fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if we can get more wheelchair entrants for the half marathon, or if they can get more wheelchair entrants for the half marathon next year, um, to have a starting field of more mm -hmm. than one wheelchair yeah. would be a really <laughs> great achievement. It would be. Because Sophie won the wheelchair say, I, section. <laughs> although, yeah. although, yeah, because now it'll be... Yeah. Defending champion. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. Someone's got to take me on. <laughs> yeah, there was a results section for wheelchair entrance. Yeah, so there was. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, have you already got it sort of marked in your diary for next year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you sort out, sort out a chair that fits. <laughs> and train. That's the two important things. <laughs> if for anyone who wants to enter next year, just train on hills. The hills yes, are the very hills. tricky. It's hills. Otherwise, you pop wheelies if you're not careful. Yeah. You don't want to be doing that. <laughs> we, said, we said at the end of, of this year that Sophie did not give up. She didn't stop. She did go backwards at some point, but she did not stop moving <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And there was, I mean, there was, yeah. There's some quite challenging sections along there. Yeah. Huh? And you don't realise in a car or even walking. Yeah. You sort of glide or, up. Yeah. Like how hilly Gundy is. And they're not easy. You, you mentioned the, the training as well. Um, is it something that you're going to put more focus into as you build up for, for that next one? Yeah, totally. Um, that's the plan. Do some more training, much more hill work and just general strength work. Yeah. Yeah. And have you, what else have you got on your on your radar? Well, this is it. So I want to put some more things on my radar, obviously. So I was training with the paracycling, the GB Paracycling Academy. So I've still got that in the background because the reason I stopped with that was because I had health issues this earlier this year. And then to get back into cycling was how I ended up getting the trike, the electric trike, which is kindly sponsored by MSG. And that's been a life like a lifesaver because I literally got back into cycling and I love that trike. <laughs> and I think a lot of people love that trike, don't they? Because it, the trike has gone to, um, like it's been tested out, hasn't it, by other people. And I think, yeah, I think there's a few people that won't be wanting my trike. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. watch out. Um, yeah, no, it's really good. I think just... Yeah, just keep going. But yeah. yeah. Any ideas, let me know. Write in, <laughs> write in any ideas of what Sophie can do next. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> Caroline's going to run away now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Great Caroline's idea. got some ideas. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, give me ideas and I'll give it a go. Um, so we're working towards having an accessible cycling uh, loop uh, starting in spring 2024. So we've had three events at Sunray Park since spring this year with a variety of adapted trikes 
for people to try out. And that's been really successful, really busy. Um, so it's got everything from like a trike where you can put a wheelchair on the front so anyone can be cycled around. Um, and then sort of just normal trikes where those that have balance problems, um, don't feel safe on the roads anymore, can use it and everything in between, side by side tandems, all sorts. So we're going out to sponsorships to try to um, raise money to get these trikes um, and set up sort of a once a week or once a fortnight space where people can come to use these pieces of equipment and experience cycling again or for the first time. Um, yeah, so yeah. watch this space. Brilliant. Something to work towards for next year. And in terms of the groups, um, or, or, yeah, sporting groups or whatever um, clubs, Caroline, uh, yeah, you want them to come to you and say yeah how can we improve things absolutely i've reached out to a couple um that seemed obvious to me but obviously i have my particular interests and there's probably groups and clubs out there that i haven't thought of so if you want to talk about how to make your sport more inclusive or anything like that um or if you're um, an individual or a certain client group um who want to know which sports might be more inclusive or adaptable for you then uh yeah, get in touch. Best of luck with whatever's next. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks very you. much. Thanks very much. Sophie Veron and Caroline Barbie speaking to me there. And yeah, we'll uh, wait to see what Sophie does next. Um, it's been fantastic to see uh, her achievements this summer. And I'm sure she'll be getting another challenge or competition in the diary very soon. So uh, yeah, watch this space. Um, Jamie, quick word about Caroline as well, because she is uh, an exceptional athlete in her own right. Um, and she was involved in the, the dog breaker um, cliff race at the weekend, which I know you, um, you were keeping an eye on as well. And she did pretty well. Yeah, a close second to Cora Coetzi. Um, she had, uh, I'd say she ran a very patient race and was two minutes behind at halfway. By the finish, it closed out to 40 seconds. And it's a proper gruelling event, like 15 miles. It's tough anyway, but then you've got the entirety of Guernsey's cliffs. So it's really hard to get a rhythm going. So yeah, credit to her and credit to their top... Credits for top male runner as well, Ethan Woodhead. He's done quite a lot this year. At a young age, he's been taking on ultra marathons. He recently had a fantastic run at the Jersey Marathon. And now, two weeks later, he's winning the dog breaker in a very respectable time. So someone ready to watch out for going forward? Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah, well done to everyone who uh, got through the dog breaker from town to Plymouth. I mean, any sort of small section of the cliff path there is tough on its own to put it all together and... Uh, and run along it um, is pretty daunting indeed. So uh, yeah, not something I've done. Have you completed it before? I've never done it in my life, but I feel a bit of family pride to say my dad still holds their course record. Oh, well, for, <laughs> I'm sure for, for some time still. Have you got it in your sights? I doubt that I'm capable. Uh, I doubt that I can personally achieve that. Oh, back yourself, but, Jamie, <laughs> back <it>. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, that's just about it from us for this week. We'll be back uh, next Wednesday with another Guernsey Press Sport podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, we'll have a look at where we're going to be this weekend. I'm not quite sure what is on the uh, agenda just yet, but um, whatever it is, we'll be uh, covering it in full in the Guernsey Press. So make sure you pick up a paper every day um, for the very best local sports coverage. Um, yeah. Cheers, Jamie. We'll see you next time. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.